Welcome to episode 32 of the Business in Morocco podcast. This week we are going to be talking about Ryan and Ryan's professional failures, both here in Morocco and abroad. So it's going to be a fun episode, maybe slightly embarrassing for us, but we want to share ways we have tried stuff and it hasn't worked out and lessons we've learned from it, both to encourage you uh, to try stuff and to be willing to fail and also that you hopefully can learn from some of our mistakes. Before we get into the topic, let's start with an update. Ryan, what's been going on? Hey Ryan, uh, things are going well. We're here in the third week of September. Uh, my daughter's been going to school for a few weeks and, and things are going well. Uh, the, the summer heat is dissipating and I'm looking forward to a little bit cooler weather. Since I like to walk around the city, uh, it's nicer when I can walk all over without getting incredibly sweaty. Mm-hmm. But things are moving along. I'm happy to report that I have a fairly solid agreement for an office. Uh, I've been in negotiations regarding the terms of the lease of the office, um, the rent, and some of the repairs and construction that I like to do in the office. And we have an agreement. So now it's just a matter of him coming to Morocco. He's a Moroccan who lives abroad, so he needs to come back to to legalize the contract mm-hmm. and to work with me and a couple uh, construction people to, to get the repairs necessary and also to hand over the money, the check, which I'm sure is very important to him. Yeah, uh, it's worth the flight. I can see light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. and it has been a difficult process, but I'm I'm happy with uh, the current situation, and once I have the keys in hand, uh, I will be very happy with the situation and looking forward to to opening up an office and exploring all that that will entail um, heading into the future. Yeah, it's been so cool to follow along with your journey and inspiring because there's been some weeks where it's been really discouraging news or setbacks, and you've really had to persevere. I feel like at the end of this, you could make a little compilation of all our opening updates and just see the progress that you made and and there's a lot of lessons we can learn from that yeah it it ties into the essence of this episode uh professional failures the fact that you fail is not incredibly important that happens to everyone it's how you react to the failures and there have been a lot of setbacks in looking for an office. There have been a lot of setbacks in, in helping this painter client of mine trying to sell his paintings. But my mindset is to not give up and to act like a river. When a river comes to a rock in, in its way, it just goes around it. Mm-hmm. And it will eventually find the sea, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if you can act like a river and have the motivation of a river and keep just running downhill, then eventually um, you'll you'll find you'll find your ocean of success. Now you'll, it you'll may be at the beach, <laughs> right? It may not be the place that you thought you were headed. Mm-hmm. You may end up at a different location, meaning a different type of business or a different product or a different service. One of the most important things about business is is not giving up and having endurance, right? And perseverance. Um, in your life. And, and, and really, when you think about it, there is no other option. You either persevere or you lay down and die. Yeah. Yeah. Mediocrity. You know, it's, it's never reaching your full potential unless you're willing to overcome some obstacles. Right. Well, what about you? What's going on? 
I just got back from a trip up to Germany. It wasn't business, it was just family. So my sister and her husband were over there for my husband's MBA. Um, they live in Calgary, Canada, so it was a good opportunity. You know, it's still far, three-hour flight, but compared to where they live, it was a good chance to hang out. So a lot of travel. I just went solo without the family, so I used the time really well to prepare the Habits for Success course coming up just in two and a half weeks now. So that was great. I'm getting really excited as I've been putting together the, the slides and the exercises and kind of the schedule for the day. It just gets me more and more pumped. And uh, more students are signing up. Got a couple more places remaining. So there's still an opportunity there for the listeners that haven't pulled the trigger yet. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. And they can send an email to ryan at moroccopodcast.com to, to sign up for that class? Yeah, no worries. We can direct them from there. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into our, our topic for the day. We've got a few years under our belt here in Morocco. Um, so we've had the opportunity to, to try some things, to, to make some mistakes. We both have our own businesses. We've worked with other companies. Um, I've had a variety of different positions and jobs and, and uh, organizations I've worked with in, in my years here. And so it hasn't always gone well. It hasn't always gone according to plan. And there's been things that I was doing that I'm no longer doing. And so we're going to share some of those stories and lessons we can learn and how it's how it shaped us to, to who we are today. So Ryan, why don't you kick things off? Has there been a, a failure that our listeners could benefit from? Sure, I've had, had many. I don't think there's enough uh, <laughs> time during the podcast to talk about them all. When I originally arrived in Morocco, I met the brother of this artist that I'm representing now trying to do the deal at Duty Free. And I was fairly confident that, that we could sell his paintings online. And I built the entire website, the whole e-commerce platform, accepting international payments or doing uh, cash on delivery or check on delivery here in Morocco, setting up the whole logistics system and it didn't work. We did a lot of advertising. We got a lot of likes on Facebook. We got a lot of impressions. We got uh, hundreds, thousands of people going to the website, but they just weren't willing to buy art online. Hmm. I mean, I guess in retrospect, you can say, oh yeah, well, people want to see the art up close. They want to look at it, see the quality of it. Um, maybe people are willing to buy things online here in Morocco, but artwork is not one of them. But at the time, I thought it would be reasonable to put it online and promote it. And, and considering how low the, the cost of an impression is on Facebook, mm-hmm. that we would get some traction. And we just didn't. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Uh, we tried on Jumia Point MA as well, and it didn't really work there either. Yeah. We changed the pricing, we changed the descriptions, and nothing really worked. Mm-hmm. And so we're pivoting. We're going back to the retail um, sales model where yeah. things are displayed, people can get their hands on them, they can look at it close up, and then they can buy it right there in the store. Yeah. In the end, I had months of work and money that went into building the website and getting the domain and, and paying for the ads and doing professional photos of all of the, the paintings so there would be good images of the paintings online and very few sales. So sometimes 
in order to be successful in business, you have to be countercultural. You have to do something new. You have to do something that is uncommon. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to go with the flow. You need yeah. to go with the way that things are. Another the tried example, and true method. Exactly. Another example I have is, is I taught an English class, a business English class. But I did it on Saturday morning from 9 to noon. Well, anyone who's been here in Morocco for, for a few months knows that not a lot happens in the morning <laughs> on Saturday or on Sunday. Yeah. It's not a very popular time. Yeah. In fact, most English courses and most classes, they happen at night after work, 7 to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. This is when all that happens. Now, I didn't want to be teaching a class from 7 to 10 p.m. on a weeknight. So I thought, oh, great, I'll offer something different, something unusual, something um, that's new. Yeah. But it didn't work out. I had one class. I had one semester. And then I had, of, of the five students I had, one of them wanted to continue. So that's another lesson. Maybe the norms in certain industries and certain products or services are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think that I could try doing it again, and if I did it from you know six to nine p.m. or seven to ten p.m., I would have more traction. And yeah. it's actually one of the things I'm thinking about offering um, out of my office is is language training and tutoring. So maybe I'll give it another go right. at a different hour, a different day of the week, and and see um, if that works. So I think that's one of my lessons: is sometimes you have to break the trends of the culture, and sometimes you just need to to go with them. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Tell us about your epic fail. I mean, my my biggest failure in Morocco is that I'm now doing something completely different than what brought me here originally. So I moved to Morocco, was working with an American company that sold security barriers, primarily for highways. When I first arrived here, that was the the one product that that we were offering. And then our range expanded into offering... uh, gates and and barriers that you see in front of embassies and and factories a lot of anti-terrorism barriers that are sold around the world but primarily i was dealing with the highways in morocco and the national roads and it was a type of guardrail that we were selling but it was one that didn't exist in this region it's very common in the united states and in canada some spots in europe but here it was it was unknown and so I had a small salary, but then it was mostly commissions-based. Now that is really where things break down because, like in most countries, convincing the government to change or to adopt a new form of technology, even though it's approved and it's proven to be safer than guardrail and far cheaper. You know, I had a great pitch, however, Things were moving really, really slow, and I just couldn't keep working there with the the small salary. And also, language and cultural barriers. I quickly realized that my French wasn't sufficient, and that that was a real hindrance to doing business. And then even more were the cultural barriers. So at one point, I was meeting with someone who was kind of acting as, as a middleman, representing me with all his old contacts within these government institutions. And he asked if it was possible to raise our prices so there would be enough gravy, enough leeway, enough extra money that could touch the right people's hands on the way down so that the purchase order would be signed. Mm. That was a light bulb moment for me. I realized, wow, there's relational transactions taking place here that I really 
they're going right over my head. There's things that I'm missing, subtle cues, expectations, money sliding under the table. That's how the business, that's how this industry goes. And I really am in over my head. Mm. I'm not gonna be able to navigate these waters well. And so that was when I really had to decide, do I continue working for this company or do I start to shift into other things? And that's what brought me into to teaching and team building and doing trainings in Morocco. Mm. Yeah, it's a good example. I think the reasons for why we fail are, are various mm-hmm. and they're vast and different. Living here in Morocco, not having a good cultural understanding or having language barriers can just exacerbate the situation. It's already difficult to succeed. But when you add these other additional um, difficulties, it, it makes it nearly impossible. I mean, and on top of it, you were you were trying to sell into a semi-governmental agency mm-hmm. um, as a foreigner. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's not that surprising that that you didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, it would have been agree. a miracle if you had managed. I to agree. Succeed. Yeah. Um, but what would you say that you, you learned or what would be your biggest takeaway for the audience based on this experience? Well, I realized what my disadvantages were and I looked for a way to pivot or to try something different where my, my foreignness, so my, my lang- what would be a language barrier in having to operate in French and even, you know, I went to some of these more rural, if you want to call it, government offices like in, in Ben Sleeman where we were going to do a project where it was actually a lot of derija so it wasn't even a lot of French so I was hindered by my language so I was pivoting into where's a place in Morocco that my ability to speak English would be an advantage or where my foreignness actually helps me so that's how I first started teaching at the British University in Casablanca um, started working with Franklin Covey to teach the seven habits which you know was a book written by an american so these places were opportunities for me to turn what was a disadvantage my my language my foreignness into an advantage the same thing can happen to moroccans when they study abroad they might find that they have language barriers they have cultural barriers if you want to try to work in countries outside of morocco look for places where your characteristics will be an advantage where you can be a big frog in a small pond mm-hmm. find a niche where you will stand out because of your differentness yeah that's good advice uh, for me the the biggest failure here in morocco has been in, in handling certain types of clients from the beginning i thought that i could take a, sort of a wide variety of clients and no matter what their their business situation was, no matter how they ran their business, I would be able to to be a good consultant for them and help them with marketing and customer acquisition. And with two clients in particular, one was a, a cafe owner, the other was in the medical services industry, I completely failed in the sense that they both didn't think that I was offering the value that I, that I was charging them for, and they both fired me. Mm-hmm. And I've reflected quite a bit on, on these two accounts and realized that uh, there were indications from the very beginning that it was not going to end up being a good relationship. And one was neither of them really kept good metrics for their business. So if I were to ask them, 
exactly how many customers or clients they had in a given month, they would not be able to tell me. Mm. If I were to say, how much revenue did you generate? They would not be able to tell me. How, what were your expenses? Give me a line item of your expenses. They would not be able to tell me. Wow. If I were to ask them, what type of marketing efforts have you done in the, fa- in the past and how effective were they? They could give me generalities, but they wouldn't have any specifics. They wouldn't know specifically whether or not a marketing campaign worked because it wasn't set up to, to show them right. that it had worked. Yeah. It was just sort of in this pool of activities that they had. And then they just sort of hope that all of their, you know, the, the flyers and the radio ads and the billboards and the online marketing, they just hope that all of it has some kind of impact that they can't measure. Yeah. And what I've come to realize is that those types of clients are not appropriate for me. My client needs to, to understand their business very well. Yeah. How many clients or customers do they have per month? What is their revenue? What are their expenses? And it needs to have, they need to have this data over a series of months. Right. So that when we start doing the things that I'm advising, we can see whether or not it's having an impact. Right, measurable results. Right. Um, and the second lesson is, but specifically for the, the medical industry uh, client, it, early on I realized that, that he was not able to describe the work that he did. When I asked him to describe the services that he did in English or in French, he had great difficulty. Hmm. And as a result, I had to be the expert in the field developing the language to communicate to the customer you know what is it that they're buying right what is it that he's selling yeah i had to be the one communicating that yeah well first of all french is not my first language and second of all i'm not an expert in that field yeah so what i've realized now is that i'm not going to take any new clients that can't articulate what they do right they may be able to do what they do yeah but if they can't explain it in written form um, here in Morocco, in English, in French, and in Arabic, then I'm not going to take them on as a client because it'll just be a matter of time before they they don't get the results that I'm promising. And it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It has everything to do with what they're producing. Yeah, um, I've already pretty much honed my business model and shown that if you do what I say, if you set it up the way that I say it needs to be set up and you do what I recommend, that it'll produce results. Right. So the system is in place. It's just a matter of whether the client is going to follow the system. Yeah. And I have another client right now that I'm sort of wrestling with over this um, because they, they want to do things the way that they've always done them or they have certain beliefs about marketing and, and customer acquisition that I don't agree with. So I'm sort of in that situation in which they're not following the process or they have expectations that I have not promised, mm. but I am sort of their advisor. Right. So I'm going to be linked to the outcomes no matter what. Yeah. So I, I'm still wrestling with that and I hope that I have a a good understanding. Um, the last thing I'll say is um, relationship is very important when you talk about um, customers or clients and referrals are very important and you shouldn't take them lightly. You shouldn't take them for granted and you should really 
only take a referral if you really believe you can do a good job because it's not just one um, client that's at risk. It's, it's the new one and the one that referred you. Right. So this episode is brought to you by Click Apporté. ClickApporté.com is a groundbreaking online shopping platform that allows individuals and businesses in Morocco to purchase goods online from a wide range of international marketplaces and pay in dirhams. You can pay by credit card, certified check, wire transfer, and soon, cash plus. ClickApporté manages the entire process, clears customs, and delivers right to your door. Their prices are transparent and clearly communicated at the time of checkout. They have a no surprises policy, which means you pay what you agreed to pay, even if customs or shipping charges are higher than expected. Can you see how exciting this is? You can use the ClickApporté app, shop on Amazon in Spain or France, order what you want and pay in dirhams. You don't worry about the douane, it just shows up at your door. ClickApporté, you want it, we get it. Now back to the show. Yeah, I think over time you're that's the lesson we can take from these failures is that you're learning, you're refining what is my target customer? What's my ideal customer? And so then you as you're looking for business, as you're thinking not only who to solicit or who to target, but also who to say no to that might come knocking on your door, each failure refines that that ideal customer that you're you're searching for you learn from those you learn not to make that mistake again one other uh, example for me is I love to teach and I've approached multiple universities and offered my services to teach the seven habits of highly effective people and often what I offer is let me come and teach a seminar you can see how the students respond you can see who I am as a teacher how I perform you can get a better feel for the content that I'm offering and I don't always charge for that seminar it's just something I come and do almost like a a trial or like a sample or a test run and other times I've been hired by the school just to do a workshop with multiple classes and for me it's a long-term play I'm hoping that it leads to a permanent position teaching that course but there's been a couple different schools that I've done this with at CASA that has in CASA that has not panned out. It hasn't led anywhere. So one was, I've taught a seminar there. I connected with one of the teachers, um, came and taught twice. I went and offered a seminar two different years and I was dealing with a dean and hoping it led somewhere and just, it just never has. It's just never resulted in me being hired there. Another one, I made progress. I had took a long time knocking on doors, lots of meetings to make it happen finally got offered to do a workshop with the fourth year students did it it went really well but the school received this new accreditation which meant they could only have staff who had a phd and so it eliminated my possibility of working there because i just have a master's so there's these long-term plays where you you try something you make a go of it and it doesn't always pan out with my youtube channel i've had uh, videos that I've tried, I've thought, oh, this will be good. People will respond really well to this. And then it's fallen completely flat. And trying to monetize it, one thing I've used on my website and on YouTube videos is Amazon affiliate links. 
and that has never resulted in a sale. People have clicked, you know, that I've recommended a book or downloading Audible for a free trial to listen to audiobooks. They've clicked, gone, visited the site, no one's ever made a purchase. And over time I realized, you know what, it's hard to trust Amazon to deliver products in Morocco. I've personally ordered books and had them never show up. So there's an issue there, which is why the business Click Apote exists. And also it requires an international credit card, which a lot of Moroccans don't have, or they don't want to use up their dirhams. They, they have a, a limit on how much international currency they can spend. And so they're selective with what they purchase. Again, another reason why Click Apote exists. And so learning from that experience, I've tried to adapt where now I'm really trying to partner with local businesses, things like EnglishBooks.ma. And I wanted to, to, to recommend the book, Who Moved My Cheese? It's a classic. Even if you're not a big reader, you can watch a 15-minute cartoon on YouTube called Who Moved My Cheese? You watch that video, it's going to really shift your thinking about adapting when things change, when you experience failure, how do you handle that? How do you deal with change? And there's another book I want to read but haven't yet, and it's available on EnglishBooks.ma, called Pivot. Have you heard of that book or read that book? Uh, no, I haven't. It's just, it's just about things changing so quickly in our world with, with technology and, and the world of work that you can't expect to just kind of do the same repetitive job for the entirety of your career, mm. nor would you want to. Mm. And so how do you deal with layoffs? How do you deal with industry changes, with new innovations? You have to pivot. And it goes back to your analogy of the river. You know, you come up to a rock and you go around it and you may end up actually coming out on the coastline in a different spot than you originally intended. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing in Morocco isn't what I moved here to do. It's actually morphed and changed over mm -hmm. time. But it's because I'm learning from my mistakes, I'm learning from my failures, and then I'm adapting. Mm -hmm. I'm pivoting into new opportunities. To summarize, there's that famous quote, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And so mistakes are part of the pathway to success. It's rare that you hit a home run or you, you have a real success, your first opportunity. It's usually you try something, it doesn't work out, but you learn and you adapt. And you know, us with this podcast, myself with YouTube videos, it's very much a just ship it philosophy. So we're trying stuff, we're, we're putting content out there and then we're learning from the response of the marketplace. We're looking at our downloads, we're looking at the views, how many people are listening to episodes and learning, okay, these are popular ones. These are subjects that Moroccans are interested in. These are the types of, uh, episodes that people are really going to tune in for so let's make more of that and here's some things that really didn't attract attention obviously it's not a pain point it's not a felt need here so let's avoid those topics in the future we're shipping stuff we're putting it out there and we're learning and then adapting to become more successful yeah as i'm sitting right now looking at the metrics we literally right now have 999 listens downloads of the podcast and if you talk about epic failure the least popular episodes have been brain food um, how to test an idea and income producing assets 
Now, I particularly think that we had some good things to say in those mm. episodes. Maybe the titles aren't right. Right. Maybe brain food. I can see how that would be very confusing to someone who speaks English as a second language. What are you actually talking about? I'm not interested in neuroscience. Right. So I'm not going to tune in. But here's the interesting thing. Book recommendations is one of our more popular episodes. It's similar content to brain food because we talk in brain food about feeding your mind and about what you consume and, and how to grow in wisdom and knowledge. And book recommendations is a, is a similar idea, but I think book recommendations is one of our most popular episodes on YouTube. So there you go. We're learning from uh, these titles and the results that they deliver. Here's the bottom line to our audience. We don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about the title. So don't take too much in the title. Just listen to the episode and, and there's bound to be good things in there that are appropriate for you. Yeah, I agree. We're always coming up with business ideas or dropping little quotes or nuggets of wisdom. So you don't want to skip out at the intro and miss what, what might be coming at minute 25. You could miss uh, some gold. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time. Day.